Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. I'm your host, Malachi Grubb. Today we have a very experienced guest, and you may already know him in the industry, Chris Elston. He's the founder of Mr. PLC, and he's been doing a ton of things in our industries for over 20 years now. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Malachi. Um, I'm glad to be here and uh, talk to your audience of people. I know um, you're a you're an up and coming, uh, you know, influencer, and it's uh, it's awesome to talk about some history in uh, in our in our, in our career or, or our our industry, basically. So thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And and somebody like you, you come from a lot of controls experience, a lot of controls background, and you know that's also where I spent some of my time in my in my career. And uh, I think it's just you you have a ton of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge, and you've done some really cool things throughout your career. Yeah, um, I started out as a uh, I, I really didn't know I wanted to be a controls engineer uh, when I first started out. Um, when I was a young boy, like 17, 16 <laughs> years old, I, I thought I wanted to be an electrician at the time. So I signed up for a journeyman's program and I ended up, uh, I ended up working for a commercial electrician, uh, basically, and kind of got my feet wet, you know, pulling wires and stuff and, uh, and, and got into controls. There's, I kind of have a, a pretty pretty crazy story of how I actually became a controls engineer, but, but, uh, I've been programming PLCs a long time. And I finally, um, I sort of kind of took a liking to robots here in the end of my, uh, or the later part of my career. So it's been quite, quite the journey for sure. Let's hear about this transition that you, that you had to go through to become a controls engineer. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, you know, like like most young young people out there, you probably really don't know, you know, what 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 your passion is uh, when you're young. And so um, but I I, I kind of started learning computers on the side. I um, I actually was like in high school and I got my first uh, 386, uh, 80, you know, 8088 computer. And I started tearing it apart for some people at church. And I and I, I was a self-taught computer builder, computer you know person. So I really was I started to be quite savvy with computers, but I also like to do wiring too, I knew. And so I thought I, I thought I'd try to be an electrician at the time. And I started working, I started working for a commercial contractor and I had the uh, opportunity to build some industrial panels for the, for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, my employer that I worked for, um, basically he had an opportunity to build some industrial panels for a company called Hewlett Packard at the time. And they were elevator panels, and so uh, and he he brought some prints down to me, was, you know, my, be mindful that I was 17 years old. I got a packet of prints, and he's like, "Hey, you think you could uh, wire these up?" And I'm like thumbing through these, and I'm like, "You know what? I'm not scared of anything at that time." And I, I told him, "Yeah, I think I could." And there were some pictures and photos they had taken on some Polaroids. <laughs> at the time. And uh, so I went for it and uh, I built these panels up, wired them up. And, and I, I'm a little bit OCD. So I like to, you know, keep the wire labels nice and straight and everything. And, mm. uh, you know, about a year later into that, um, my boss got a call uh, at the time from the company that that contracted us. And he said, hey, um, we want to talk to the person who wired these panels up. And, you know, my my boss at the time, he said, well, it actually was uh, one of our, uh, you know, apprentice, apprentice people down in the basement, and he's uh, he's only in high school, <laughs> and so he came down and uh, he he talked to me, called me up to the office, and he said, "Hey, uh, you remember them panels you built, you know, for um, for that company?" 
And I was like, yeah, I thought I was in trouble, you know, because he's right, calling, yeah. calling me upstairs yeah. from the basement. I thought I was yeah. in big trouble. Um, <laughs> but, but it turned out to be, he said, hey, that company has a panel shop and they want you to come. They want to offer you a job. And uh, that was a that was a pivotal moment in my uh, in my career, mm-hmm. because at that point, my boss at the time, you know, he could have he could have not told me about that opportunity. Um, and I would have probably became a, a journeyman electrician. But, you know, he saw something in me at that time and he said, hey, Chris, you know, you're a really smart, smart kid. He says, I think this would be a good opportunity for you and it'd be more of an opportunity than I can give you as an uh, as a commercial, you know, a journeyman or a company. And I think you should go and interview with them. And so I am forever, you know, in debt to, to my old boss. And, and I'm very appreciative of, uh, you know, management people that that look out for, you know, employees like that. It's, it's hard to find today in this industry. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, he definitely looked out on the fullest. I mean, he, you know, a lot of, a lot of people would be scared to lose their employees. They wouldn't, they would have definitely not offered, you know, offered that opportunity up like that. Right. Right. Definitely. So, um, so then, um, you know, I just started learning about PLCs. I, I, I started working in the panel shop and um, it, it turns out that that company that, that hired me, they offered uh, tuition reimbursement. Um, so I decided, uh, and they also, you know, were, they, they were of course involved, you know, installing PLCs and, uh, my first PLC was a Modicon PLC. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was quite interesting. And then right yeah, after yeah. that, Alan Bradley, uh, we, we were, we were still using uh, PLC fives back in the day. Um, I remember doing a project for Lucent Technologies, which is a phone, old phone company. And uh, programmed a PLC five and old AI, you know, DOS software. I don't know if you're, uh, you know, uh, old enough or young enough to remember that even. Right. <laughs> um, but there used to we used to have to program uh, Alan Bradley and old DOS software, you know, called AI basically wow. is what it was called. And then finally, our the first version of Windows RS Logics came around and. And uh, that definitely made it a lot easier to learn. But that's actually one of, one of my questions. Do you feel like over time, like PLC programming has become easier or harder? Oh, definitely easier. Um, at first, um, you know, there wasn't tag based PLCs. Um, you know, that kind of came about five or 10 years later into my career. Mm-hmm. Like we, we kind of had the, you know, Alan, the five, 500 platform, the PLC yeah. five platform. Yeah, address based. Um, yeah, address based. And um, it was a little bit cumbersome. And I thought, you know, when a tag based processor came out, when I first saw it, I, I really didn't like it at first, but now, now I would never go back. I mean, it yeah. just, I, I totally understand like, you know, how to utilize its pro- power and, um, and all of that. And, and, uh, and definitely, um, tag base when tag base came around, that was, a, that was a game changer in the industry, I believe for sure. Yeah. So what was your next phase in your career? I think you did, you did panel building, which I think is great for any like PLC programmer to get like kind of kicked off in the industry and, and to yeah. like get a good understanding of what you're building before you start to try to program the thing. You actually know what a, a piece of IO is. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I feel like I was the, I'm the poster child for getting into this industry because for sure, you know, if, if you can get your foot in the door, you know, as a, as a young person and um, get into a panel shop and actually build panels first before you become a controls engineer, it's going to make you an excellent uh, electrical designer, you know, because being mm-hmm. a controls engineer, 
you typically have to you know learn the componentry learn learn how safety circuits work how to wire things and by you actually getting into a panel shop and looking at what somebody else has done and looking at those prints and then building it yourself and wiring it um, you know, by the time I finished my uh, bachelor's degree and then I became a controls engineer and I, I closed my toolbox for the last time in the panel shop and I moved into a cubicle. All right. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and then, and then you know, that following week back back in the day, we were using a piece of software called uh, via wiring diagram. It was actually mm-hmm. made made in Marion, Indiana here, if you didn't know, mm-hmm. um, which eventually became. Autodesk Electrical. Um, so, yeah, so Autodesk bought via wiring diagram, and that was kind of birthed here in Indiana. So, wow, that's really um, cool. Um, but before before that, there was, uh, you know, we had we used to have to make our own menus in AutoCAD, like 2000 or whatever. But anyway, you know, learning how to build build wire up panels, just like you said, Malachi, um, is definitely a great career path. Um, getting your foot in the door and kind of working your way, stepping your way in, into it and mm-hmm. becoming a, a pretty good engineer um, in that way. Because back in the day, back back when I was young, you know, they didn't really have what you guys have today as, as young kids. Uh, you know, they, they offer a lot more classes and a lot more trainers and a lot more hands on things that are available mm-hmm. that, they, that we didn't have back then. We, we had to learn by learn by doing back then if we wanted to get yeah. into in, into PLCs. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of more options, especially going into the future. Like you're getting online PLC classes. You have like the Mr. PLC that that you, you founded, uh, you know, all these different resources that were not accessible. Even like in the beginning of my career, I mean, I started like a little over, I think, 10 years ago now. And uh, the, even then there wasn't near as many resources as there are today. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's kind of a, almost a black art, you know, to, to yeah. get it, to get into it. A lot of people don't really understand the, you know, what we, what we do on a daily basis. I know, <laughs> you know, I know, I know, uh, you know, sometimes when you talk to people that have no idea and you try to so, say, well, I program a PLC, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an, an it's a, interesting topic you know a dinner topic if, if you have someone that doesn't know what the industry is you know and to yeah. try to explain that to them what you do for work <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think another thing is too that like i think that some that would be like very advantageous for like our industry as a whole is like when it comes to like the the training and the experience for somebody to like become a plc programmer like instead of people like coming out of college and immediately becoming a plc cr- programmer they should kind of go through more of the steps of like you know, doing some, doing the panel building, maybe getting involved in a little bit of electrical engineering. And maybe throughout this whole time you're being involved with like the PLC or at least the guy that's programming the PLC. There's some like small interaction, maybe apprenticeship there and like really build up over time. Cause there's like so many things like that I did. I even like, I personally did like mechanical, I did electrical, I did pretty much every aspect of building a project. And, uh, and then like whenever, as I kind of moved up, I ended up, kind of becoming a PLC programmer and then a project manager in, at the same time. And then so like that experience gave me the ability to, to be able to program much better because I understood like, okay, this mechanical arm needs to flip in this way. And whenever we, whenever we drop this piece of glass, we can only drop it by half an inch max or else it's going to shatter the glass. Like, so right. like these, these small, like physical things that you actually need to have in your mind, like when it comes to like writing your code, you don't, you don't, you're not able to write code really well until like you understand a lot of these real world things. Yeah. I think the, you know, for the, the next part of 
my career, you know, as I became, as I graduated and I kind of moved into that cubicle per se, is um, finding, you know, someone that is a good mentor to you. And uh, luckily for me, the company that did have the panel shop um, did, did kind of value mentorship a little bit. And uh, I'm going to give kudos to my mentor. You know, his name's Kent Giant. And uh, he was the first one to really sit down with me and kind of explain like PLC programming, what ladder logic was. And, you know, some of my early tasks were just um, commissioning, like upgrading firmware or um, setting Ethernet. You know, well, it wasn't Ethernet IP back then, but setting IP addresses or setting, um, you know, blue hose or it was actually Data Highway Plus node addresses and those mm -hmm. types of things back back in the day. But but, you know, like <clears throat> like you said, just kind of. Um, taking some baby steps toward that. And then, you know, eventually being offered, you know, small projects that you could program and start learning um, on that, but being able to look at what someone else had done. And that's, and that's kind of really the premise of Mr. PLC is there is over the years, you know, people have uploaded lots and lots of um, sample PLC projects on there. And that was really kind of my premise of how I would learn something, especially a new PLC that I'd never programmed before mm -hmm. as I, as I'd go on there and download, you know, a, a sample that someone had, had already written so I could kind of see how to structure it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause like, that's the hardest part. Like with starting with like a new PLC platform is kind of just identifying, okay, I've done this thing over in Alan Bradley. Now I need to move over to Omron. Like what does that, that similar thing look like inside of Omron? And, and it, it doesn't get much easier than being able to see code that's already like written out for you. That's right. Yeah. And so that's, uh, you know, that's some of the resources that are definitely out there on, uh, you know, out, out on the Internet. You know, I know some people some people think forum boards are kind of old or whatever. And but, you know, one of the one of the things about forum boards is that they are, you know, embedded into the search engines out there. And so, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, today people probably use Discord or something like that to chat, but there's no way to search, you know, any of that information that's been discussed or shared yeah, or whatever yeah. and so that's why you know an old forum board like mr plc or plcs.net or control.com those those websites you know have you know when you go out there and you search on google you're typically directed to one of those three places for somebody that's experienced that issue that you're that you're having trouble with you know so yeah absolutely and I think like what you did, especially for that time, it was like a super, it was uh, a super big undertaking. Like we talked about this off camera, like it wasn't as easy to build a website as it is today. Like there was a lot more manual labor that went into like structuring the entire system. Yeah. I mean, uh, at that particular time, it was 1999. Um, I think I was 23 years old at the time. And um, I kind of knew, you know, I had a passion toward building computers. Like, um, I'm one of those people that build my own PCs, you know, or I was kind of a PC gamer at, in my younger years. And, um, I, I didn't go to school to, um, run, a, run a web server. And that was a completely different animal. Um, and, and back, back in that time, uh, we would run what was called a lamp server. So Linux, Apache, MySQL and PHP, right. That's kind of what that stands for. And so um, I had to learn Linux, um, you know, just off the cuff, just kind of just just by fire, basically. And uh, when I first registered Mr. PLC, I remember my inspiration. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of a big Excel guy. And there was a website called MrExcel.com. 
<laughs> and uh, so that's where I got my inspiration for MrPLC.com. As soon as I thought of it, I registered it right away. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, I ended up um, doing signing up for, I remember I signed up for, I think, HostGator at the time. It was like $7 a month or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I, I installed the forum board. I bought, I bought the forum board software. It was called Envision at the time. It needed to live on a, a Linux system with uh, MySQL and PHP. And I, I figured all this out basically and got it running. And, uh, and then at that particular time, you know, Rockwell was really big into their forum boards. And, and I don't know, they just had some political issues on the top end. And, and Rockwell ended up just closing the forums down. And it was, the timing was just perfect because here I was trying to start a forum board. Rockwell closed theirs. And like within two, two weeks, I had almost 20,000 people sign up on Mr. Oh, PLC. Yeah. It was wow. insane. Wow. And within, within three month, three weeks, I had to move Mr. PLC to a bigger host. And over the course of my ownership of Mr. PLC, I had to move it seven times. And finally yeah. I had to put it into a dedicated like server um, and it was like in a dedicated data data center, like out west somewhere. And, and it was costing me an arm and a leg every month to basically, you know, keep the website running because, you know, there would there would be, you know, about a million to two million visits a month on Mr. PLC. And, um, you know, it just it just kind of grew, you know, exponentially at that point. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was it was it was a struggle to keep 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 running. And over over the years, you know, many people had tried to to buy Mr. PLC from me, um, including, you know, Amron and a few others out there. Um, but I, but I just felt like it, it would be best if it just kind of was, it, it states in some ownership that was kind of neutral a little bit, yeah, but, yeah. uh, but it's definitely kind of a cool story to tell. And, and, uh, I still get embarrassed today because sometimes I go somewhere and someone will find out that I'm Mr. PLC and they'll ask me for my autograph and I get kind of embarrassed, but, <laughs> but, uh, but now, but now I actually kind of turn the tables on people. And when I go to these trade shows and stuff on my, on my lanyard, um, you know, all of these, you know, people like yourself, Malachi, you know, I ask, I ask those guys to, Hey, can I get your <laughs> autograph? You know, cause I think you guys are more famous than me. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but, uh, it's definitely it's definitely a, a humbling moment that's for sure yeah yeah and so yeah i mean uh so you know getting into plcs and then finally um i sort of just started taking a liking to robotics you know and uh and which has been kind of it's been a good mesh because um you know currently right now working for yamaha uh kind of promoting yamaha product line and everything and and what's been what I've been able to bring to the table of that is um, all of the PLC uh, side of my experience, um, and trying to offer like all of the Yamaha product line, being able to write all the AOIs um, for mm -hmm. all of the Yamaha product, and that's been that's been that's been pretty a, a pretty good fit for me, you know, and and it and it's uh it's also being being in the forefront of of, of robotics seems like you're you're kind of out there on the cutting edge of everything in automate in the automation world you know coming up 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 yeah, and coming yeah. for sure so yeah absolutely i mean like robot i think i i kind of caught the robotics bug and like that's a huge reason why we do so much robotics is like i don't know something about having a robotic arm I and mean, custom systems are really cool as well but like you can do so much with a robotic arm and uh with the moving yeah. materials welding i mean anything you can think of really Right. 
Yeah, there's only there's only so much you can do with pneumatic cylinders or the sound of pneumatics. You know, it's I used to remember when we didn't have a robot and we had we built dial tables with pneumatic, you know, picking places on them. And your machine would have that certain sound like and like you could walk into the floor, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, something sounds off. You know, so now you just hear the when you walk into a plant, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually really curious. Whenever, whenever you got that huge inflow of traffic initially, did, were where were you at in like your career? Did people know who you were, or did, was that just a demand thing? Uh, on Mr. PLC, you're talking about. Yep. Or, um, no, they didn't. They they really didn't know. Um, I mean, uh, Tim, you probably know Tim Walburn. Uh, yep. He he was like, I think he was like user number two on Mr. PLC. Oh, wow. Um, so cool. <laughs> so that's how I met Tim. And a lot of the people that I know, you know, is through Mr. PLC. And I, I, I honestly just think I got lucky. I mean, I, I, I used to, you know, go on Alan Bradley's forums and like post, qu ask questions on there. And, and, you know, but then, like I said, something happened and they just, one day we went, we all went there and they, they closed it. And then, um, and I had gotten a few signups or whatever, you know, or had the website up and running for about two or three weeks. And then when they closed it, like the fall, like that third week, fourth week of having the website up that I got like 20,000, uh, you know, people to sign on. And then it just kind of sort of snowballed from there. I just got really, really lucky, I think, with it. For sure. Like whenever you were in the forums, do you feel like your name got known at all or? Oh, yeah. I use my I use I've always used my real name. So gotcha. like, yeah, if you go there, you'll see a picture of me and uh, my real name. I didn't, I've never used like a, uh, you know, an alias a, or something, an alias or anything yeah. like that. And so, you know, my picture is kind of nice. I need to update my picture because it looks, it still looks like I'm 20 years old and my, <laughs> my, my, my photo on Mr. PLC, right. but, but yeah, over the time, like just meeting different people like that would join Mr. PLC that, that was the coolest thing ever. I mean, I have, I've been able to meet really, um, you know, inspiring people from Mitsubishi, GE, Omron. Um, I remember one time I was trying to do some crazy hydraulic stuff and um, I wanted I, I, I wanted to do some uh, like almost electronic gearing with a hydraulic cylinder. And there was a guy um, on there that owns a company called REM, uh, RMC like controllers. It's, his name was Peter Natchaway. The guy's like super brilliant, by the way, like when he posts on Mr. PLC, it's like, whew, it's like above my <laughs> head, even, you know, like some of the stuff he talks about, but he owns a company and makes a product that if you ever need to control a hydraulic cylinder or multiple hydraulic cylinders or, or electronically gear hydraulic cylinders together through an Allen Bradley PLC. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, some stuff like that I learned over, over the years, just being able to use my own website, but but what, but the funniest thing, this is the funniest thing is when, um, you know, I'm struggling with something and maybe I don't know what it would be, you know, and then I go to Google and I start to search, you know, like, well, how do you do this? And then all of a sudden, you know, out pops Mr. PLC. And then I click it and I'm like, oh crap, I, I, that's, I asked the same question on Mr. PLC, like, you know, a few yeah. years ago. So that's kind of funny sometimes to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I, mean, I think that it holds like definitely a, a huge legacy. I and mean, if you think about it, like for especially for your time that, you know, the, the forums were the version of like our YouTube today, like really right. like 
the major difference is like monetization. Like there, mm -hmm. there's, you know, probably if there was better monetization for forum stuff, like yeah. multi-millionaire, like yeah, easily sure. because of just like all the traffic that was generated, like that the forum stuff was the exact same thing as like, like being an influencer or being a host of that is the equivalent of like having a, having a YouTube channel and being a YouTube host. I think so. Yeah. Over the years, things have changed, but it, I think you're right. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, of, uh, you know, having that opportunity to have that. And like I said, the, the coolest thing is it's still searchable. You know, all the information yeah, yeah. is very easily accessible when you go to Google, you know, if you're trying to find something via Google, uh, versus finding, trying to find something via, you know, YouTube, let's say, but yeah, back then the only way to to monetize was sign up for what was called Google AdSense, and so I I, I remember like when I first uh, I, I think like the first four years I didn't really have any ads on Mr. PLC I didn't I didn't want any I was kind of I was kind of stubborn, and I remember and I remember I'm like I'm gonna sign up for Google AdSense and see what this is all about, and I stuck a at one AdSense banner on Mr. PLC. And the, in the next month, I got an $800 check. I was like, what the heck? I should have done this a long time ago, you know? But, yeah, right. but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things that I just had no idea. I mean, I didn't even know. Um, you know, the next thing that happened was um, some, uh, a company wanted to advertise on there. And they said, hey, can you send us your media kit? And I'm like, I don't even know what a media kit is, you know, at right. the time. So I had to go figure that out and try to make one and, um, so I did, I did start to slowly try to figure out, and honestly, the money that I made on advertising went right to pay for the hosting. It was almost a wash because it was, it was 1200 to $1,400 a month, you know, mm -hmm. to keep that website going. It was a lot yeah, of money, yeah. um, at, at, you know, back then 20 years ago. For sure. Yeah. 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 I think the, the, also like the cost, the cost to maintain a website was like much more expensive. It was much yeah. more complicated and, uh, yeah, overall, just the entire process was much more difficult than it is today. Right. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think another huge, huge advantage that that people have in in today's generation is like things like monetization are like quite a bit easier to like educate yourself on, and like the the, the younger generation or, or just people of the generation now, they have like the ability to access access like YouTube videos that you know can train them on like you know, Hey, I already have this thing that's very popular. How do I monetize on it? And I think it's going to open up a huge wave of like individuals who, who are able to become like entrepreneurs or like even, even just like small business owners, right? Like sole proprietor type of thing. And like, all they do is maybe create stuff like PLC videos and, and they can create, uh, they can get enough monetization off of like YouTube ads or, or other like creative things like, uh, like doing like a Amazon, Amazon affiliate programs and stuff like that. Like that's right. like so many people make more money off like Amazon affiliate programs than they do like YouTube. Uh, right. And you could have like, say for instance, like your Mr. PLC and then just find something that goes along with that. Right. If there is there like some type of like a data cable that you can sell that's on, that's on Amazon or yeah. you know, some type of connector or something. Yeah. That's actually interesting because uh, I did, I did actually sell PLC cables for a while. Did you? I, figured, I figured out how to make little PLC cables and uh, ended up selling that business off to the person who owns it now. And I, I used to compete against Tim a little bit in that way because <laughs> I was one of those people that 
I tell you what, there was nothing worse than spending, you know, two or three hundred dollars on a programming cable for a, D, you know, a, a DH-485 adapter basically is all it was, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so I ended up designing my own circuit board and selling PLC cables for a while. And I did, I did sell quite a few cables, um, but but that just became, you know, like you can imagine, I'm just sitting in the living room and go to work, and I'm like soldering PLC cables for like, uh, you know, two or three hours. Yeah. It's, it's uh so it's pretty pretty wild you know after after a little bit yeah you spot you spot almost ready to open up a manufacturing facility <laughs> yeah i could have I there's there's so many opportunities for me I, like i said i was pretty lucky you know with the different aspects of you know of networking with the right people having the right mentors and then mm -hmm. just and and just having the drive to learn right i mean mm -hmm. um, not being not being lazy about anything just trying to figure out how how the you know these things work basically in the industry so um yeah, def definitely um something that you know i don't know i don't know the younger generation has more of a sit back and relax type of thing and i'm i'm trying to <laughs> you know poke them a little bit i'm like hey man no one's gonna no one's gonna give you a you know the no, silver right. platter here you're gonna have to get out there and and um you know go be a go-getter right yeah yeah that is the like the one caveat of like we have all this information all this ability to learn things but then it seems like there's a lot of people that would prefer spend their time on like entertainment versus education. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, eventually I'll be back on YouTube somewhere. That's sort of kind of one of my things on my hit list is I, I want to be like Tim. I want to be like Malachi. Now I want to, I want to get, I want to get my own YouTube going. <laughs> <laughs> we can do anything to help you get there. We'll help you out. All right. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you'll do well enough on your own. I think one, one thing that I think would be like, super advantageous is like somebody could just go on to like you know mr plc or a similar website and like see the questions that are being asked there and utilize yeah. those as like as like you know bulletin points or 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 uh you know topics to to do youtube videos on right yeah whenever so, i go ahead i was just gonna say yeah some some of those are frequently asked questions like you said right yeah yeah absolutely yeah, like so whenever I started our YouTube channel, you know, coming from a PLC background, like that was my game plan for the PLC uh, or for the, the YouTube channel was like to do like PLC tutorials, robot tutorials, like how to set up PLC with a robot. And, you know, we we launched a few videos like that and done some tutorial videos, of, like some products on like an like an engineering controls engineer level. Mm. Um, and like the, the thing I found is like, this is hard. Like this takes, this consumes a lot of time, you know, and, and especially like maybe it's something that like, uh, maybe you haven't done it for a long time. So now you got to go look and like, how, how do you do that thing again? Or, or you, cause when you're shooting the video too, like you, yeah. you're trying to train people and you get to a point and you're like trying to click a button. You're like, Oh, I can't find that button. It's been like, you know, <laughs> six months since I did this operation before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, it's not easy to make like those, uh, you know, teaching videos or whatever for sure yeah yeah so like the things that like like tim and whatnot they're doing that like definitely kudos to them because they're putting an in effort into it and also right. too like a thing that i kind of hate is I'm, I'm definitely as operating a company i'm like getting more and more away from like controls work and uh so kind of i'm not gonna say i'm like losing that skill set but i'm just like right. not in it every day doing it and so it's like yeah that, that, def that definitely is a hard transition i i remember um I, I remember one of your interview, your interview questions, you know, that I, that I answered was, you know, what's, what's one of the things that I regret, you know, and one of the mm -hmm. things I regret is turning down management, 
nine times in my career, you know, and that's because, because I, I really, you know, I really like to code. I, I did not want to do like the management aspect of like, you know, this, this field or whatever. And, um, you know, but, but I feel like so far I've been able to still do some technical aspect of what I want to do, but yet be sort of a, a leader or, or maybe inspire or give some guidance, if you will, like, um, like this is, this is kind of, you know, a vision, if you will, kind of try to be like a visionary person, but still have some technical, you know, hold of like what, what, you know, the reins, if you will, of like where, where we're going to go, you know, as far as different things, especially on the Yamaha side for sure. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, be a person of in your, in your space for sure. Like, because you, I think you're kind of still young, you know, and, and you're yeah, trying yeah. to, you're, you're trying to grow a company and then you're still very technical, but yet you still have to be that, that visionary, that leader for all mm -hmm. of the people that you lead in your, in your, in your position, you know? So that's a, that's a tall order for sure. Yeah. I, you know, as of right now, like the biggest, the biggest things is like, it, it really is like the experience side of things. Um, visionary. I'm, I'm 101% a visionary. I'm like, give, give me some money and let, I'll show you what I can do with it. That's um, right. That, and then like, there's other aspects like going into experience is like making money. Right. So like, if you have, like, I have a lot of ideas, but like also like with the ideas that you have, you have to find a way to, for monetization. Like how do you make money off of whatever this idea is? Right. Uh, you know, for a perfect example of this podcast, right. The manufacturing come up, it, 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 and to some degree doesn't hundred percent align with like what we, what we sell, what our service is. Right. Like we're not, right. we're not educating engineers per se. We're educating the young engineer who's just now getting into the industry. And at, yeah. at most, I mean, not necessarily at most, but, the most probable thing is that may people may want to reach out to come work for us. Hey, I, I've seen this video, you know, educating on careers, blah, blah, blah. You have a job openings. I was going to say like, you know, like I think that's the hardest thing in today, like in 2023 is um, a lot of the young people out there. They just don't know anything about what we do, Malachi. Like, mm -hmm. um, because when you think about a high schooler or someone in college, they don't have an insight into manufacturing at all or engineering yeah, for yeah. that matter. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and, and that's one of the things for me, like, you know, I, I mentor first robotics. I've been a first robotics coach for 19 years and, and I mm -hmm. network with all the sponsors and everything around, you know, we've got lots of teams and lots of sponsors in the state of Indiana. And, um, but that's like the number one thing I see is like, you know, most kids that, go to high school today, you know, they probably understand like, you know, what their parents do, maybe they're accounting or doctor or whatever, but you'll find that if you ask most kids, they don't have any clue what manufacturing is, a PLC, a robot. And so we've got to figure out more ways of how to expose the young people into what we do, because mm -hmm. as you probably know, being a business owner, it's probably really difficult to find new employees. And, and the reason for that, I believe, is because the kids just don't know about what we do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a small pool. Like, I think in our in our immediate area, we probably only have, like, under, probably, un, definitely under 100. We probably only have, like, max 100 people graduating in a year that are even, like, remotely close to our industry or field. Right. So, you know, manufacturing come up, you know, is one of those ways that, you know, we can spread the message about yeah, our yeah. industry and how to get involved in, in what we do. And and I always tell the kids, man, what we do is very lucrative, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. 
It's definitely yeah, money to be made. I think this is definitely a great career path to be in. Like one thing I'm definitely like kind of promoting more than I've ever have is like the sales side of our industry because, you know, I realized that that's where you make the most money, right? Being a controls engineer is awesome. Uh, you know, it definitely has its challenges and, you know, it's headaches on a daily basis. I loved it and I, I still do love it. Still kind of wish I could do it on a daily basis. But like sales, like that, that opens up a huge, huge opportunity. Uh, yeah. For people to make really good money, right? Like the, the, right. the it's kind of limitless, right? Like it, it's highly likely that, that that sales individuals who who work for our company in the future may make a million a year. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not to put in a cap on on anybody's amount that they can make if they can provide that much value. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially you know distribution channels and stuff like that. That you know, like an outside salesperson. You know, if you like. If you like doing something different every day, you know, and or driving around or traveling or whatever, those are those are definitely industries that are 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 fun to learn about because they're you're you're always learning about new stuff. I mean, that's definitely the one thing I would ne not ever change the career that I've picked because every day to me is a new day and every day mm -hmm. I'm learning something new and I've never I've never been bored as a controls engineer. Never. It's definitely one of my my top favorite things about this industry is always being able to experience the probably two things experiencing new things going to new manufacturing facilities new products being able to just see like even the things that we're not necessarily touching but just seeing how like things are built being able to go into like Toyota facilities and just seeing how they're constructing the car from from scratch to to a completed vehicle or just you know or or, or another thing that's really cool is like uh, that's one of my top things is just seeing products that you use on a daily basis or you see out in the real world and you say, Hey, I touched that product that, that you're using. Right. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, you know, I always joke, joke to people that I've, you know, I've seen everything from diapers to dog food being made. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's really, you know, what's mind blowing to me is just the quantities of things. Like it just, you know, when you start to go mm -hmm. into some of these facilities, you know, I, I remember, doing a, a conveyor line for Chrysler down in Huntsville, Alabama. And that, and they produced about 1500 radios a day there. And it's like, well, there's only one radio in a car and that's just Chrysler. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. crazy how many, you know, how, how much, how, how, how things are consumed, right? Like yeah. Um, yeah. just everything that we touch, our clothes, our, our shoes our I mean, with food we eat, like there's some place that has to make that, that item or product for us. It's just really wild to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like honestly, like even like this past year, that's been something that's like opened my mind up, especially as like a business owner, I'm thinking about things in like a different way of like, Holy cow. Like there's, there's enough consumption of whatever this product is that it affords like this massive facility, you know, you're going on site and you're like thinking about some small thing, like you said, like diapers, right? Like, okay. How, like, you know, how big could a diaper facility be? And you go in there and you see line after line after line of just making diapers all day. And you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's start, <laughs> starting to see like the relationship of like how much is really going on in the industry and how much we actually consume things. I know it's crazy to see that, that side of it for sure. What are some valuable points you have for the audience? Definitely. I'd mentioned, you know, early on about finding a mentor. I mean, that's, kind of pretty standard in any anything that you do but you know finding someone that you can confide in and trust in and give you some career advice or maybe that 
technical mentor that can teach you something about PLCs. And then for sure, you know, if you're a young, if you're a young person, um, you definitely want to network with the right people, you know? Mm. Um, and, and that's one of the advantages of being, you know, like, uh, you know, I mentioned that I'm a coach on a first robotics team, those high school kids, you know, they get to, they get to talk to us engineers every day and network with us and our companies. And, and in turn, you know, when it, when it comes time for them to apply for an internship opportunity, all of the sponsors on my robotics team offers, they, you know, those kids get first dibs to those sponsorships. And so they get a, they, you know, they get a trial period of whether or not they really like to work for that company or not work for that company. But definitely you want to figure out a way to, to get yourself networked somehow, you know, whether it be through, you know, a robotics program when you're young, either like Lego League or Vex Robotics or First Robotics or anything of that nature when you're when you're up and coming, you know, uh, as a youngster. And then when you're in college, um, you know, and you decide, you know, where you want to go and what you want to do in that regard, you, you definitely want to want to find those internship opportunities and kind of shop around a little bit, you know, do an internship here, do an internship there. Um, but, but trying to figure out what you want to do early on is definitely helpful too, because then it can kind of guide you into, into that direction of finding those right people mm -hmm. in that way. So, so yeah, those, yeah. those are, those are some things that I, that, uh, that are good nuggets of information. I think I could pass on to, to someone younger than me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, even still today, like the networking thing is something that I, like I'm working on and I wish I would have put more energy into in, in my career. Uh, you, you said something earlier that kind of like relates to me is, you know, you as the, you as the control, control panel guy or whatever, you're in the basement. And, uh, and I, you know, I always refer to myself as I was the engineer in the basement. Right. So like, yeah, for the most part, I handled like internal workings of the company, but like, as far as like, so I was basically working with, you know, maybe the same 13 people, 15 people or something like that on a, on a pretty regular basis. And outside of that, like, you know, I'd meet with customers occasionally, but it'd be like maybe once every six months because we were doing like capital projects. So there wasn't really a need to like, there wasn't a ton of on-site work. Maybe we do an on-site install for two weeks or a month, or maybe there's like some small programming changes you need to go out on-site for, or, or maybe it's just a programming uh, gig, but the interaction level was, was, was pretty small. And even, even things like the programming gig, if you think about it like that, like, okay, you go out there, you say, hi, I'm Malachi here, you know, and then, and then, and then you sit there and you do this all day. Right. <laughs> and, and so you're not, and they come check on you like twice a day or something like that. See how you're doing. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, like definitely that the networking aspect is, is huge. I wish I would have put more, more energy and effort into it. Um, it's probably been one of the, the hardest things that we've had to deal with as a company, right? Because I started not only like did I already have like a small group of, of contact lists, but a lot of those people I could not really utilize for business because of like a non-compete because I also came from a systems integrator. Right so now, I'm also not able the, the people that I did interact with were customers. And then now I can't non-compete. I can't I can't go to them. And so at most I can ask them for like references or, hey, do you know somebody at another company that I could potentially, you know, do work for. Um, so there's like a, a lot more bootstrapping that was involved that may not have had to have been done. Right. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's a little different animal being a, you know, a CEO like yourself trying to run a company, you know, versus 
being like kind of an employee, you know, trying to mm -hmm. find, find your way through the industry. It's a whole different animal. That's for sure. You know, yeah, it is. And I just think it's valuable. Like the, the networking side of things, like, like somebody who's looking for a job, like your job opportunity may come from something completely unexpected. Somebody you met during some, some event or during some, uh, just engagement. Uh, and so like just being involved in doing those things, like that's, that's been, hugely insightful and i think it's huge hugely valuable to like people becoming like very successful in their career right yeah linkedin definitely has uh been a little bit of a game changer for i think both of us i mean we've been able to kind of self-promote our ourselves and you know kind of what we do and our message and, and different things and um and it's it's opened up the opportunity to kind of help network with different individuals or like meet new people mm -hmm. um you know, at events like a, tr like at a trade show or something like that. And, um, so it's been, it's definitely been, uh, quite interesting, you know, to, to kind of be on that LinkedIn wave, if you will, of, uh, of trying to, um, network with people that way for sure. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Like it's like, it is, is like the only, and it's the number one, uh, platform to like to speak professionally, right? Like to talk about your career and, and, and it'd be okay. And people want to, they're, they're there on that platform for those things. Right. Yeah. Perfect. They're trying to, trying to learn, you know, for what's out there, what's new or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's like prior to that, it's like, what you had, you had, you know, Facebook and Instagrams and stuff like that. And like most of the time yeah. when people are on those platforms, they don't, they don't, they're there for entertainment or, or some drama or just something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Chris, do you have any more, any last valuable points you'd like to give to the, the community before we go? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, just, I, I always, uh, I, I think, uh, the biggest thing is just, to to always, you know, put your best foot forward, definitely for sure. And, and not sit back. And that's sort of the, the downfall that I see with some of the young, the young people today is, um, I think they just take that sit back approach. We kind of talked that, talked about that earlier in the mm -hmm. podcast, <clears throat> And no one's going to come, come by and just, and give you an opportunity, right? You have got to um, have the drive yourself to get out there and figure out what it is that you want to do, kind of career you want. Um, if you really want that job, you know, you need to, you know, you need to be um, very proactive in trying to figure out how to get your foot in the door um, in, in some manner or way of that nature. So mm -hmm. if you're one of, one of the, the young people out there that are interested in what both me and Malachi do in this industry, you know, you got to get out there and uh, put yourself out there to, and figure out how to, how to get what you want for sure. Yep. Be creative. Chris, where can people find you at? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Chris, El Chris Elston on LinkedIn, or they can go to mrplc.com and find me or, um, yrginc.com, you know, at, uh, where I work currently, uh, as far as, uh, on there. But I think most people know me as Mr. PLC. Tim refers to me as the OG, the original gangster of Mr. <laughs> PLC. So you can find me there for sure. That's you can cool. send me a direct message, uh, super user number one. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Okay. Thank you, Chris. We enjoyed having you today. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I, I like talking about stuff like this and uh, I appreciate what you do and, and definitely you're an inspiration to the community and keep, keep talking to the young people, keep getting more people involved. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing you and your company and Jenna um, at more trade shows here in the future, Malachi. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. See ya. Bye.